0: Welcome to ABG Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Helen.
1: I'm Janet.
2: I'm Mel. And I'm Nikki.
3: Taking the music world by storm is not an easy feat. Our guest today is a very special one. Not only is she the first musical artist we've ever had on the podcast, but she is a household name who has inspired so many
0: young Asian women around the world. From moving cross-country to Nashville to study music, winning a concert at the age of 15 to open for Taylor Swift, hello, creating hit songs like Vintage, See You Never, I Like You, which are some of my personal faves, to now headlining concerts with over 25,000 attendees, we feel incredibly lucky to welcome Nikki to the
2: podcast. Welcome, Nikki. (laughs) So nice. That is the nicest intro I've ever had. Um, I appreciate it.
1: (laughs) We're so excited to have you here with us. You are our first musical Mm -hmm. artist and an international one at that. So we kind of want to just start there. Can you share with us, you know, you grew up in Indonesia. Mm -hmm. What was that like and how did you get into music?
2: It was awesome, honestly. I grew up in a super musical community. Um, My mom was a singer at church. And so like all of her immediate close friends were uh, musicians basically and so we would have Saturday get-togethers like before Sunday because they'd come to our house to practice for worship the next day and it was really cute so yeah it was just always this very familiar concept Mm. growing up like just uh, music was just always around me i don't think i fully grasped that i wanted to pursue music until like high school i would say and then that's when i realized like i'm not good at math and i'm not good at science and so i just want to i want to do music yeah my mom got me my first guitar when i was nine oh, wow. wow! and the rest was history after that i also saw an e true hollywood story documentary Um, like remember the E channel I love that yeah I know right those are really good they're good so I saw the one on Taylor Swift Mm. and then after that I was like mother can I please get a guitar for like Christmas and she's like yeah Um, and then I wrote my first song like literally the day that I got my guitar okay hold on wow. what the heck did you learn to how to play the guitar <laughs> the day of the day you got the guitar so i had been strumming like my you know like mm. my uncle not really my yeah. uncle when i say i don't know do you guys do this like do you call family friends yes. uncle and yeah yes. that's like a too. thing in indonesia a sign of
0: respect too just yeah. yeah, like yeah. everyone's an auntie yes. exactly mm-hmm. so
2: my uncle had a guitar and he would just kind of teach me before i owned one And then so when I had one, I kind of like sort of knew like four chords, which was enough to Mm. write a song. It was a really bad song, but (laughs) at least everything rhymed. you know what I
1: mean? So it sounds like your mom was a huge musical influence for you. Oh, for sure. What type of music did she expose you to?
2: You know, I don't know if this is just like an Indonesia thing or like an Asia thing, but they just loved R&B. Like especially in the 90s, I think that's when R&B and MTV was like really Mm -hmm. popping. Mm -hmm. So that my community was just they they loved like jazz and r&b and they were listening Mm. to like destiny's child and boys to men and it's just really random because we were like in this little tiny church community in indonesia and yet they were like listening to like uh just super groovy music i thought it was really funny were
1: you you also exposed to indonesian music
2: yeah for Mm. sure uh but i think like my mom just loved like the big pop like diva Mm. ballad divas so like Whitney Houston, Mm. Celine Dion Dion. and those were just songs that I heard like every day I feel like that's my current playlist I know (laughs) 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 it's pretty timeless yeah yeah yeah. Yeah.
3: it seems like you're also a very like right now you know you're like a very bubbly person would you Mm. say you've always been like a I guess outgoing bubbly child or are you more shy
2: I, good question. I, did you guys take like the MBTI yeah. in school? Mm-hmm. Was that a thing? So I took that several times throughout like my adolescence and it kept changing. But I feel mm. like I used to be an extrovert and then I slowly mm. became more introverted. Mm. But I, I feel like I can be extroverted when I need to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you know then? I, I think in general now I would say I'm an extrovert because I, I love being around people mm. more than I like being. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> it
0: depends.
2: Half, right? yeah, yeah. half, half, half. For half. sure, yeah. Well,
0: you started your YouTube channel in 2014, was it?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And, and you released
0: some amazing original songs. Aw, thanks. Um, What inspired you to start your channel? And will we ever hear those original songs that you posted? <laughs> oh, Did people ask God. that all the
2: time? Dude, this is actually very serendipitous, and I'll get to why in a second. But, um, yeah, so I started my YouTube channel... I think it was even before 2014. I think it was like 2011 Mm -hmm. or 2010, something like that, when I first started posting. Mm. Um, But then I, you know, I don't know, I was 14 and embarrassed of literally life, just like of (laughs) everything. And I would private everything after I uploaded it. Mm. it. Um, So I think like my first established YouTube video that stayed there, I think, was around 2014. Mm. But I think I... I started it because I just wanted a creativity outlet you Mm. know I went to a private Christian school and I don't I wouldn't say they super prioritized or emphasized the arts in any way in you know in Mm -hmm. most ways like so I just needed an outlet and I started writing songs and they just started stacking up and I was like well you know no one's listening to these might as well just put it out somewhere um yeah that was mainly what it was I just wanted to put my music out just for fun. What were those songs about when you were 14? Like, where were you going for at 14? (laughs) I I had a crush on, like, the same boy for, like, two and a half years. And then he ended up being my, like, high school (gasps) long-term boyfriend. Oh! Yeah, so that was pretty fun. So, like, honestly, most of those, like, formative songs (laughs) were, like, about him. Did he hear those songs? I don't know. Oh, really? (laughs) I don't know. Because I think in many ways I was, like, kind of, shy and like embarrassed about my YouTube channel like I'm mm-hmm. not embarrassed but just very like I don't really want anyone it's to know you know yeah. it's very vulnerable yeah so yeah I don't think I ever was like explicitly like hey these are about you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I gush over you yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and then will you ever hear those songs again that was a very serendipitous question because I literally just tweeted the other day being like do you guys remember my YouTube channel? Like, to my fans, and yeah. would you want to hear from that again? So, I don't want to say much. Oh. Yeah.
0: I'm not sure not it was a resounding not. yes. Yeah, yeah. honestly, like,
2: I yeah, I am definitely thinking about it, like really heavily considering re-recording these, especially in light of like the Taylor's version, yes. album, yeah. Nikki's version, hello. <laughs> yes. yes. Just very it's been super inspiring.
1: So Nikki, you grew up in Indonesia, mm-hmm. but you actually moved to Nashville for school, mm-hmm. right? Can you tell us about, like, why did you choose Nashville and Nashville being an Asian woman in Nashville? What was that like in that music community? For sure. Great questions. First of all, <laughs> what um, line is, yeah. line what? <laughs> I'm also like, wow, she chewed the boba really quick. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. She's Yeah,
0: yeah. pro, pro um, Asian. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm just like swallowing. <laughs> I yeah, I moved to Nashville. It was actually I was never like. I'm going to go move to Nashville. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I applied to a bunch of colleges. The, mm-hmm. Like the truth is I applied to a bunch of colleges and Nashville was this school gave me the best deal mm-hmm. financially. And I was like, okay. Um, I got a scholarship and it was contingent on me being a music major. And I was like okay, it's not, like, L.A. or New York or whatever. But H- had you
0: been to L.A. or New York or any other places? Y-
2: yes, as a kid. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I just had have had a very, like, spotty memory of what that was like. So, yeah, I didn't really have anything to base, like, to compare it to. So mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, well, you know, they really do call Nashville Music City. Like, that's mm-hmm. actually one of the nicknames. So I was like, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I moved there. And actually – Prior to going to college in 2017, the summer before I was a senior in high school, I went to their summer program. Mm. So I was able to kind of like see the school mm-hmm. and get the vibe and what was it like being an asian person in nashville not great
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna um, say like of all cities to choose from i guess if that was the school mm-hmm. that gave you the best offer it makes Ye- sense to go mm-hmm. there but nashville is not the first place i think of when i think of like a diversified absolutely. place for a kid who grew up in indonesia
2: absolutely and you know what's funny is like i think growing up as the majority because like mm-hmm. everyone looked like me mm-hmm. it never even crossed my mind that Like, I knew, like, on a surface level that I would be around a lot of white people. Yeah. And, like, a lot of American people. Mm -hmm. Right? But I never... It never really, like, registered, like, oh, will you... Have anything that'll remind you of home or like will there be a community for you that like accepts you the way you are and your culture and those were just thoughts that didn't cross my mind as like an 18 year old applying for college I was just like college (laughs) um and then going there it was just culture shock to the extremes and you know you grow up like you consume U.S. media Mm. and music and films and you're like I know everything there is to know about America and living there and then you don't until you actually live there right so yeah I think it started with like I'd go to the cafeteria like peruse my options like there's nothing that I want Mm. like or like crave you know what I mean like there's there's not even yeah yeah, there's like not even rice Mm. or anything yeah and I was like man and yeah after that I just started to one by one kind of like find Asian people Mm. and I started to build a very small tight-knit community but I wasn't in Nashville for very long Mm -hmm. um I was able to move out here to pursue my music very soon after did you drop out I did drop out that was a whole that's a whole nother conversation um like with my family my dad specifically but I yeah I was able to drop out I actually withdrew how many? That's true. what's said on my transcript. Okay. It said W. Uh, no, but I, yeah, I dropped out and how many I years litera- in? Literally <sighs> two semesters, so one oh. year. Yeah, I, it, I didn't even. I was never a sophomore in college. Like mm. it was just, yeah, it was just freshman year, and then I had to basically uproot my whole life in Nashville, move back to Indonesia wow. for like half a year, mm-hmm. and I moved back in with my dad. Wait, was and there an
0: opportunity in
2: Indonesia? No, I had effect? to get out because I had to switch visas. Oh, oh wow. Okay. I couldn't be, I because was on a student, a student student visa. Here. And yeah, honestly, just being an international person in America is like it's so, t- t- it's t- t- crazy. Yeah. And then I moved and then I was able to get my artist visa very, very thankfully. Um, and then I moved back. That's amazing. And you moved back to L.A. I moved back to L.A. Wow. And the story is, like, I truly, it got to a point where I realized, like, I don't want to be in Nashville. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in college. Mm -hmm. I want to do music full time. And I was missing class and just being very not a college student. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point where I was, like, literally between Nashville and L.A. every week to the point where the dean of admissions was, like, come to my office. (laughs) Like, we need to have a conversation. Yeah. And, yeah, thankfully they were actually really nice about it. And yeah, they were yeah. just like, look, if you don't want to be here, it's all good. Just, you know, withdraw. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So what was the opportunity in L.A. then for you to move out there? So so July of 2017 was when I dropped See You Never. And that was when I was still living in Indonesia. Mm, that wow. video was shot in Jakarta. Um, and that was the onset of my relationship with A.A. Rising. Mm. Okay. And so we were already connected at that point and then I put out I Like You in September which was my first month in America and I was still living in Nashville and then eventually just kind of snowballed into yeah. like do you want to sign with us? Okay. You know what I mean? And I was like oh so this, yeah. So all <laughs> of this sort of
0: happened when 88 sort of connected with you yeah. and you yeah. wrote the song and they were like let me help you distribute, publish exactly. I don't know what the right terms are but
2: you're totally right. Yeah and so I met Sean who is the CEO slash my manager slash literally every hat ever <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he wears um um, he and wa- he was the one that kind of started that conversation and was like, do you just want to do this? Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Do you want to move to LA and pursue your dreams? I was like, yeah. And so I was very, immediately I was like, yes, this mm-hmm. is what I want to do. But obviously I had to tell my dad and mm-hmm. just break the news. And that was like a five hour phone call, I think. Wow. Um on the, we had a giant auditorium in my college and I was leaving uh, Ensemble, which is like a music major prerequisite to oh, wow. prerequisite, but like a requirement. I, w- I just sat out there, all my friends left, and I just sat on the steps and I called my dad for five hours. I was like, I want to drop out. And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, yeah, it was a tough conversation. It didn't even end then. He was kind of like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. You should come home for Christmas because i want to like talk to you Mm. in person about this i want to see your face i want to tell you yeah (laughs) yeah my expressions yeah yeah for sure and it and then i went home that christmas and we had a conversation and he was like i don't get it but if you want to do it then Mm. go do it and prove me wrong you Mm. know what i mean Mm. and then now he's like my biggest fan oh and it's so so sweet yeah that's amazing Yeah. yeah dang i had a question about 88 so how did you actually like hear about 88
3: or meet them initially?
2: I was in Jakarta and one of my, uh, good friends, Rich Brian, Brian, um, so you guys were friends in Indonesia? So we as were, well? fr- we met in Jakarta. Okay. Mm, yeah. And we would exchange demos. Like we became music friends. Mm. So I'd be like, Hey, listen to this, this is what I made this week. And he'd be like, yo, listen to this. This is what I made this week. And then one time, one of my demos, he just really, really liked more than anything else that I've shown him. And he was like, can I help you produce this? And that ended up being See You Never. Mm. So then he showed that to Sean and was like, it was truly more in the lens of like, hey, look, I produced my friend's song. Mm. You know what I mean? But Sean was like, "But who's your friend?" my talent question now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sean was like, "Yo, link me up with this girl." And then we got on a Skype call, like the three of us. And we just talked about music and he was like, "What do you want to do?" I was like, "Music." He was like, "Okay. We'll put out your song." You know? Wow. And that was a really big deal cuz 88 had just started.
1: Yeah.
2: I remember we had another friend, uh, my, one of my producer friends just jokingly being like, "Huh, what if you know, what if Brian shows them the song and, like, it gets on 88 Rising, like, the YouTube channel, ha, huh? like, as if that would ever happen. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, it happened. And that was, like, a really, really big deal. Uh, wow.
0: How big That's was crazy. 88 Rising then? It was
2: still pretty niche and pretty small. Yeah. But in Indonesia, I don't know, I feel like Asian shit, like, catches on really fast in wow. Asia. You know what mm, I mean? Like, yeah. duh. Mm, mm-hmm. But in Indonesia, like, people just pick things. Like, something will trend on the internet, and for, like, five minutes, it'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah,
0: That is so interesting, because I know even with, like, Wong Fu, like, some of their biggest fans, or whenever yeah. you look at demographic and who's, like, yeah, watching, yeah, yeah. a lot of it was in Indonesia. Mm. Same with our podcast. I think we have a pretty high... Yeah. Right, mm. Singapore, Indonesia. They're yeah. just yeah.
2: very active on, like, social awesome. media. Yeah. And just, like, on the internet, they always have been, and so... Yeah, they just, they just know. They knew about Brian. A lot of my friends in school knew about Brian before I even knew about Brian. Mm. They were like, have you seen this, this, this kid rapping? He's in, he's, he's Indonesian. I was like, what? So much talent over there. Yeah.
0: So I want to ask you about your songwriting process mm. because there are levels here. Even the oh, lyrics for God. See You Never, I'm like, this is such an empowering song for <laughs> anyone who's going through a breakup. How would you describe your songwriting process? Is this based on real-life experiences? Mm. What do you channel to write your lyrics? Yeah,
2: so when – so See You Never specifically was literally about my – the same boy. Oh, the, the high, high school, school boy? The high oh. school boy. Oh, he's uh, inspired so much. Yeah, I yeah, know he has inspired a lot. Uh he basically like started my career. Just kidding. I started my career. You started that. That. Uh no, but he uh that was about him and essentially every like my songwriting process then was very much like this is word for word a recitation of like what happened. You mm. know what I mean? I've just always been drawn to lyrics. Like when I listen to music I don't really look for the vibe. Before I even knew the mechanisms of how to create a song, I never really like listened for that. I would always listen for the, the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And so like, obviously we've already said her name like four times, but like Taylor Swift was like mm-hmm. a big inspo yeah, growing good. up. Stevie Nicks was just like also randomly somebody that my mom listened to. And yeah, I was just always a very lyrical person and writer. Um, and so anyways, all that to say, when I was younger, like in my teens it was very this is what happened to me and now i'm going to tell the whole world Mm -hmm. now it's very now it's that still that now it's not as much of Mm -hmm. a diary now it's kind of like i don't know it's broader and i Mm -hmm. i I draw inspiration from like more things than just myself and my experience yeah
0: yeah so more people can relate to your experiences too
2: yeah yeah Yeah.
0: well the latest song that you just put out split i love it by the way You you say Kind of wish I knew what I meant when I'd say I miss home. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics, the voice in my head speaks a different language. Mm-hmm. Being fluent in both languages, I wish I could sing it like you. I'm just
3: saying. It, but... <laughs>
2: spoken word yes. style. You know, spoken spoken
0: word yes. <laughs> Do these lyrics capture how you feel about living in the U.S. and being far from Indonesia as home?
2: Yes, absolutely. um That song, that song is actually a good example of how this, like, the diary. Shit mm-hmm. still happens for me as a writer, but I wrote that in my first apartment with my now boyfriend Jacob Ray, who is also he produces a lot of my music and he's just so fucking talented. Um, mm. and we were just trying to write for my album Moonchild, mm. and it was uh, in my first apartment in L.A. in K Town, and I was literally right about to I was about to move to my next apartment, and so the studio was empty mm. at that point. And I was going through it. I was just kind of like, I don't know, it made me really emo that I was not going to live here anymore. And this was like where I started in LA. And also I'm like, but now where, where, who am I and where is my real home? And mm-hmm. it was also around the holidays. And um, yeah, I was just really, really homesick. So I wrote that very quickly. It just mm-hmm. kind of came out of me. And I think it just really encapsulates the Experience of being like I don't know whatever you want to call it third culture kid or like bicontinental right. or whatever. Yeah. I think a lot of even like I don't know are you guys all first gen Asian American? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah, yeah. Children of immigrants. Yeah, children of immigrants. Yeah, like I feel like it kind of covers that experience too, sort of just yeah. kind of being like, but what this is my home and I'm attached here, but also it's not really a hundred percent. Like you're like our mom my <laughs> first, no. first generation no that's true I yeah. was thinking this <laughs> Sorry, no. I was like you I mean, just know, know what I mean <laughs> like, yes children <laughs> um, Helen's about to pop my yeah. Yeah. Uh no you're right I, I, I had this thought I was like I am what a lot of my first gen second gen Asian American friends like parents yeah, went, went through, through. Right. Um, it's been hard you know mm. But I also, it I don't know, I think like growing, as I just grow in my artistry and also in myself as a human being, I just feel like I'm kind of more open to embracing all of the shit yeah. and like mm-hmm. the mess, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. It adds dimension and life to my journey mm-hmm. and my life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Being so fluent in both languages, mm-hmm. what language do you dream and think in?
2: It's mostly English, I will say. Mm-hmm. But I... Th- I think that's just because I live here now and everyone around me now speaks English. But I remember in high school, sometimes I would, like, a thought would cross my mind and be an Indo. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that still happens too. It's more so like muscle memory. When I I drop something, Mm -hmm. I like. It's not cussing, but I'm like, oh, sh-. I say, oh, shit, but, like, in Indo. What is it, you in know Indo? What I mean?
0: In Indo, it's Let's like... Let's teach our ABG listeners it's not the even... one <laughs> phrase in Indo.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a word. It's just an exclamation. It's like, eh, eh, eh. Oh?
0: It's like oh. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. In Chinese, it's kind of like, ah yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly.
2: Yeah. Um, I think, like, my Filipino friend told me in, in their language, it's, like... I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just things like that, and uh, in terms of what I dream in, I think I dream in English. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I also went to an English-speaking school, mm. so I think um, that could also be why. Mm. That's a good question. That is a really <laughs> I'm good just question. curious. because I, I definitely know that, like. People have said that whatever language you dream in is your... Like, it's what the language you also think in and, like, are most fluent and comfortable in. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. But you said, so growing up in Indonesia, you went to an English-speaking teaching school. Mm-hmm. But the people that you interact with were mostly speaking Indo.
2: Yeah, so at school, we would all speak English. Right. And then we had Indonesian, like a... Uh, it's like how you guys take French or Spanish mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we had Indonesian as a class. But normally, it would actually be a mix. Mm. We would speak, like, Indonesian, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, at at lunch. Mm -hmm. But then when I went home, I would speak only in Indonesian. Mm.
0: Do you feel like you're losing a little bit of the language by being here in the U.S.? Not I don't
2: think so, because... I still talk to my dad and my family daily. Mm. And also I'm living with Abby right now. I have a lot of just connections to Indonesia Mm. um, around me, at least right now and so far. Yeah. Mm. Hopefully that never changes. Abby, don't leave. Abby, don't leave.
1: So Nikki, how long have you been a musician now? How many years has it been?
2: Her whole life. My Hello. whole life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Came out of the womb like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, out no. singing. <laughs> <laughs> I professionally, I started in 2017. So I would say, like as like Nikki is f- almost five years old now. Mm. Like Nikki, the artist. Yeah. yeah.
1: So five years. Do you feel like you have changed as an artist and? Kind of describe maybe how you were when you started, where you are now, and what type of artist you are hoping to be in the near future.
2: I think in the beginning, I was honestly, I mean, to this day, I'm still kind of figuring it out. I'm somebody that's just so easily inspired by a myriad of things. Just I'm so inspired by so many different kinds of music. And I think it's been really tough for me to even understand like how to box like mm. where do I fit in mm. the gr- in this industry mm. and like mm. I feel like every single song I come out with sounds so different to like mm. what you know I put out in the past for a long time I was like wow my my discography is so confusing it's so confusing it's so weird like no one is doing this but now I think I, I'm trying to change the language and the vocabulary a bit I feel like it's versatile yeah mm. you know I know of artists that are like, this that's their sound and that's great for them you know what I mean but I also really appreciate the artists that just push the boundaries and just do whatever they want you know I think somebody said in college once I went to like a seminar for like artists (laughs) or whatever and they said uh live in drafts like live in your drafts Mm -hmm. and I think that was a really uh powerful kind of perspective changing Mm. Mm, like
0: like
2: phrase that I heard and I after that I think I just tried to completely embrace the process of just making whatever I want whatever Mm -hmm. that means you know
0: that live in your drafts yeah oh man I have so many drafts that are not shared
2: (laughs) exactly and I think the point is just like there's no there are no bad drafts you know I mean Mm. everything is just a part of your process Mm -hmm. and a Mm -hmm. part of you growing yourself yeah the biggest thing is I think now I've learned how to say no to things Mm. I've just kind of come into my own and started to sort of understand like Mm -hmm. no I don't want to do that you know and like I think it just took a minute for me to get there I think everyone respects one another and if somebody says no nobody takes it like personally Mm -hmm. or anything now I think it's just I I feel I don't know, I just feel like, I feel like I have a lot more conviction in like myself and my opinions, you Mm. know? Yeah, and five
1: years is not a lot of time. No. So that says a lot to your character that within five years you're like, you know what, like I'm gaining confidence and Mm -hmm. like I, whatever little voice inside that's saying this, like I know that it's right to listen to. Thanks. As an artist now in Mm -hmm. your present day, what do you feel like your current kind of like theme or messages that you're giving to your listeners?
2: honestly it's just total unadulterated honesty and just authenticity whatever that looks like for you Mm -hmm. especially now I'm just trying to um just tell things as they are you know and I think now more than ever people appreciate that Mm -hmm. and kind of want that Mm -hmm. um especially after like feeling so disconnected and disoriented for like two years even myself like I just feel like there's this energy where everyone's just craving some kind of connection and like authenticity yeah i think you know in the early like 2000s or even the 90s i feel like there wasn't social media so artists still had this like element of mystique to them Mm. and the only way you could really get to know an artist was you go to the record store and go buy their music Mm -hmm. and then you listen to what they write about but now with social media it's just like everything is just available and there's so much content so much information which is sick but also i don't know like we're so connected and disconnected at the same time you know with social media but also with the existence of social media i just feel like now people are more like okay we get this whole like artist shit right Mm -hmm. but like who are you really you know what i mean it's like what do you actually stand for what are you actually saying who are you Mm -hmm. and that's both awesome and really scary at the same time yeah. to yeah. me yeah
0: do you feel like you have to play up the part that is Nikki the you know individual versus Nikki the artist since everyone's watching
2: yeah you know I think like it's like a really fine line mm. it's re- a really like blurry line because when your professional life and your personal life like I'm sure you relate to this to some yeah. extent right it's just- <laughs> yeah. a lot of people know way too much about us <laughs> but I want to hear your answer yeah <laughs> Um. No, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I'm not going to post that I just laid in bed all day. You know what I mean? Or like mm-hmm. I'm not going to post that I just had a meltdown about something that really made me sad. Mm-hmm. And no one would. I mean, some people do. And I really respect when people do that. But I think social media is just such a fragmented, it's like a fragment of people's lives. Yeah, right. That gets sold as this is our life Mm -hmm. and it just creates like this culture of or not culture yeah culture and tendency to like compare Mm -hmm. and but that's why sometimes i just i have a rule that i'm trying to establish within myself which honestly like obviously i don't always do this Mm -hmm. but i i've just been trying to be more present so like when say i have an eight hour day of just work stuff then I will, for eight hours, I will work. And then at the end, it's, like, 5 p.m., not going to be on my phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just going to be at home with it. my dog. I'm going to watch Ted Lasso mm-hmm. and hang out with my boyfriend and have dinner. And then if people are upset, like, you know, if I go to sleep and check my phone, there's, like, a billion messages, then I'll deal with that then. But it's just, like, for these hours, I'm just going to be on my phone. Wow, well, you know
0: boundaries, gotta set those. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard though, you know, because it's like mm-hmm. you're always like, how do my post do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. do they like it? Do they hate it? Am I like, yeah.
0: cringy? <laughs> I mean, no, you've like
2: deleted your, your uh, yeah. Instagram before too, right? Yeah,
3: I feel like I could totally relate to what you're saying because, like, the whole like when for the podcast we do share our life, and I'm just like, right. sometimes I ask myself like, is there any sense of like, can I hold any of my stories, my experiences, like private to right. like, have for myself? Right. Because I want to. I don't want to feel like I'm putting my whole life on blast right and then for social i what i do is i like, delete instagram off my phone after a certain time and then i redownloaded it every day it's a little like weird but i'm like because when i see i'm gonna click on it right yeah. right you know so i've definitely
2: posts. for sure done the delete the app right? thing before that's yeah. totally
3: i mean it works for me everyone has their own ways
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah actually someone said to me once like i like how you keep your life not secretive, but private. I was like, oh, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. It's like not a, not a secret. People are still in. Yeah. yeah. But I have my own moments that I don't need mm. to show all the time. Yeah. I, okay. I just thought, I was like, oh, cool.
3: It mm. took me a moment to process that. Yeah. <laughs> but secretive, but like, private. Like, like? I didn't make sure I was saying it right, too. Yeah. I was like,
2: private, but secret. No, that I makes total sense. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it just is completely down to who we, mm-hmm. you are and like what you want to share and not share yeah yeah everyone's entitled to mm-hmm. set their own boundaries
3: No, i agree i wanted to ask you about your dad i think um mm. and your family like you did mention like it was a really tough choice for you to tell your dad on the five-hour call like hey i'm sorry but i'm like I want to leave and to yeah, yeah. pursue music. And then you also shared that he's, like, your biggest supporter now. Like, mm-hmm. what was a moment um, that it kind of flipped for him? Like, do you have a distinct memory?
2: Yeah. You know what it was? Um, it's It was very, very gradual. It was, you know, first I'd send him, like, an Instagram ad of, like, mm-hmm. Nikki, 7 p.m., the Warfield, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, uh, the first show I did, I sent that to him. He'd be like, cool. You know? Mm-hmm. Very cool. And then it just built to, like, okay, now sh- there's a billboard. Like, in L.A. I'm like, what is this? You know? Um, but I think, like, when it really clicked for him, honestly, it's it was pretty recently. It was Head in the Clouds 2. My mm-hmm. my dad and my stepmom and my brother was able – they were able to fly out to L.A. because they just wanted to go to see me and yeah. to hang out. And uh, I think that's when it really clicked in my – because my dad was able to attend rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And he met, like, all of these – faceless names that i'd always mention mm-hmm. and then he was able to put a face to a name and it's like oh, okay so this is what they do and he just mm-hmm. saw all of it in mm-hmm. action and i think then it clicked for him it was like okay this is a real job yeah. like yeah. this she is actually doing what she said she would do i mean even before that he was already on board yeah. but that was kind of he was like i get it and then like now you know he checks in with me every other day just being like how's work you know do you need anything like can i support you in any way and i think for me the most like i literally like cried about this because i was so touched once he he like changed his whatsapp profile picture to like one of my like uh show promo posters and he just like put it as his like profile picture and that was like such a big deal for me because i was like you're proud of me. Whoa. You know? Oh. And I was like, yeah, it was, re- it was really sweet.
0: Was that your, is that your proudest memory as an artist?
2: <laughs> well, no, for sure. <laughs> well, no. It's like winning my dad over. Yeah. Uh, so
0: your dad's like catfishing with your profile. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, he is,
2: he's like, he lives in Jakarta, you know, with the rest of my family. And so, but he he's basically like my Indo business sl- manager. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, he's okay. just kind of
0: like, yeah. Has he taken on that role?
2: No, not officially. I yeah. just say that, you know, but he, you know, he he's a well-connected person and mm-hmm. he, he knows people back. Also, Indonesia, it's just like, it's impossible to not know everyone, mm-hmm. sort of. Like, circles kind of just overlap. Mm-hmm. And so he'll just be like, hey, you know, my friend uh, wants to, like have you play for like this thing like they're gonna open a restaurant like you want to be at their <laughs> grand opening or whatever Aww. you know like that. that's really cute but, <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm i'm down maybe we'll see yeah
0: we were at head in the clouds too and actually when you mentioned that that was like the moment when your dad uh-huh. accepted i was like that was such a beautiful moment then for Aww. him to be able to experience Thank that because i got like shivers when you said that just trying to imagine him seeing you and how much you influence the mm-hmm. crowd and everyone singing along to your song i'm just like,
2: like that's so yeah it was i honestly couldn't have asked for like a better moment for that to yeah shows i feel like are the quintessential it's like the culmination it's like the pinnacle of they're always the pinnacle of my year i feel like doing those Mm -hmm. big shows like head in the clouds it's always like yes i worked so hard this year and Mm -hmm. then this is now the payoff because i don't know i love shows the energy is yeah you you can only get that at like Real life in person shows. Right? Yeah, because mm-hmm.
0: otherwise you're speaking to a mic and yeah. you're like, hello, <laughs> <laughs> you're singing into a mic. We're speaking, but yeah, <laughs> it's like where are you? Who for are sure. you on the other side of this mic?
1: <laughs> so Nikki, you were able to see at um, Head in the Clouds all of the crowd of of your listeners and your fans, but we know that the people that you influence are vastly much more than that. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel pressure or like imposter syndrome representing for the Asian community?
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, on a daily basis, it's a struggle, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, no one sees me in my, you know, two dollar flea market shirt in my house, you know, just looking unkempt and just <laughs> <laughs> chilling. <laughs> um, and sometimes I definitely f- have these, like, out of body moments where I'm just like, you know, I'll end a phone call with my manager after he tells me, like, a really big opportunity of, you know, a really big opportunity. I hang up and be like, me? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, me little old me absolutely i think especially with the nature of this job it's unlike any other you know like being in the creative industry it's just so you're busy for two months straight every single day and then you're not busy for two months after that you know and it's just not a nine to five it's not it's so unpredictable you have good seasons you have okay seasons you have bad seasons And at the end of the day, it's like, you don't have an annual income of X, you know, like completely. Mm -hmm. So there's just so many question marks every single day. And yeah, I think that absolutely just adds so much pressure and this feeling of like, do I even work hard? You Mm. know what I mean? It's like, Mm. am I really doing a real job? You know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck do I do? All I do is just write songs and put it out and like show up to a music video and like sing songs at, you know, like at these concerts. But like, is that a real job though? Mm. But I think, you know what it is? It's like somebody once, actually, I think my therapist told me this. She was like, we have been conditioned for so long as people to believe that work is one thing and what you actually enjoy is not your work. Like what you actually enjoy is another thing. So it's like, I feel like as a society, everyone goes to work nine to five and then you go home and then you do what you actually want to do. You Mm -hmm, know what I mean? mm -hmm. Like maybe you paint, maybe you, I don't know, sing, maybe you, whatever, Mm -hmm. you read. And then she said, but one, we have been able to move away from that now with like technology and just like this, this new era within society. And it's like, why do you have to dislike your work? You know what I mean? Why can't you do something that you like? Mm -hmm. And why can't that be called work? You know, and these were, these were, this was when I realized like all of these boxes, these mental boxes that I like put myself in were all created by me and just like what I have been conditioned to believe like within my family and their jobs and what they believe Mm -hmm. is a job and not a job and like Mm -hmm. my immediate community, what they think is success, what isn't success. And I just kind of had to like, break away from that and it's still a daily struggle because sometimes I'm like fuck you know I don't have a college degree and it's Mm -hmm. like I could have had a nine-to-five or like you know Mm -hmm. and it's like do I even deserve to be here it's like people do people really see me like that I don't know I don't even really see me like that Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so yeah it's like (laughs) basically long story short it's like a daily battle I think
1: Thank you for sharing. I think that is actually a very vulnerable thing to share, but Mm -hmm. also very relatable Uh for anyone to hear. I think most people, no matter what you do, no matter what you've accomplished or what you haven't, from the day to day, you're going to have some days where you feel like I got this and I I know who I am and I know I'm doing a good job. And then other days you're going to be like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. Absolutely. So no matter who you are, what you do, you're going to have those moments
2: totally
0: i wonder if anyone like everyone i feel like in the creative industry party thinks that way too even for us so oh we, yeah we worked nine to five jobs for like years right and then transitioned to this podcast and we're like is this a real job right what are our friends gonna think about this mm-hmm. this doesn't feel like a real it's too fun to be a real job exactly yeah. and yeah. how do you define success to your point like how do you define if i'm doing a good job exactly right. yeah. exactly yeah yeah. As long as we can financially support ourselves mm-hmm. and enjoy what we do, yeah, it's a job.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, girl. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It. It was. I was definitely conditioned to view success as one thing, as like a, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of Asian people feel the same, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like just culturally, it's like go be a doctor, yeah. be a lawyer. No, I don't <laughs> want to. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like then you're a disappointment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then I will be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: So I'm like so proud. I was like, oh, that's a really good thing to sit on this. What you said yeah. about your therapist said It's just like, I think in some ways like even doing what we do, like I feel like I always use the word guilt but it's like I feel bad for being, I feel sometimes like bad like I'm enjoying my job. Like is that Yeah, exactly. Like like work should feel
1: like Like, work. It should be hard. Yeah, kind of. Should be disciplined. Exactly. Should feel like hard. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I'm not saying days aren't hard, but like it's like the way that I enjoy my job a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Sometimes I'm just like. I mean, I think there's a lot of guilt also from like our parents Mm. just knowing what they've had to go through through. to give us this type of a life where we can Mm. have that privilege Mm -hmm. of pursuing some a job like this. It's just like, ooh, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
3: I agree. Um, Nikki, you, you shared earlier that you really look up to like Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, who's someone in the API community that you look up to?
2: The first time I saw Ali Wong's special on Netflix, love it. I think that I was I was younger. I was like I don't know if it was the first year I lived in LA or freshman year of college, something like that. Um, and I remember being like whoa, this is like an Asian American woman like killing it, being super like uncensored mm-hmm. and just like people love it. You know what I mean? And she just, she clearly loves what she's doing. And I think it just, that was the first time it clicked for me. It was like, I have never really seen like an Asian American or Asian person. Like, I I don't really see that much of us, Mm -hmm. like doing this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that was just one of those moments where I was like, Okay, she's killing it. She's like, she's doing it. Like, why should I not do it? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And yeah, I think she's just so fucking hilarious. She's and like, so funny. her Instagram is just so funny. Um, So that was just one of those light bulb moments where I'm like, we, like, I'm going to do this too. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah.
0: Is it more of the like unfiltered side of her that you find you want to, you know, push your own boundaries for?
2: Yeah. I think like, I just love, yeah, her, how she's so unapologetically herself. Yeah. Like, I think it's really cool that she was also able to talk so much about asian culture like in her set in a very like effortless Mm -hmm. hilarious way Mm -hmm. so i just really respected that about her i thought her set was just really good i think like another person that's more like what's the word like legend not not iconic iconic is michelle yo and i think i don't know if her name is yo or yo but i know she's malaysian so i'm pretty sure that it's yo like in malaysia because i have relatives in malaysia but I could be wrong. Um, She's sick. She's mm. just like Grace personified. <laughs> I think she's just so badass. And I love how she, you know, kind of on her Instagram, she's always posting about her niece and her mm-hmm. family, like back home in Malaysia, mm-hmm. and is unapologetic about that. Um, Have you met them before? Who?
0: Ali or no. Michelle. No, I've never um, met them. Oh, um, really?
2: Yeah, I would love to meet them. I think they're, they're just super cool Asian women. Um, Yeah, I feel like... I'm blanking on who else, but I mean, yeah, there's just so many moments like since living here and moving here where I, it took being the only Asian person somewhere to understand how much I love being Asian. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I grew up in the, like everyone was Asian. Right, right. Everyone was Indonesian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, what does that mean? And then I moved here and became the minority and it's like, there's also, I was like, oh shit, there's like, my friend is... Chinese my friend is you know uh, Japanese my friend is Korean whatever and it just took just living here to appreciate like on a cellular level that I'm Asian yeah Mm
0: I think it takes a very specific person also for you to move to Nashville and (laughs) not want to just assimilate into American Mm. culture and reject your Asian Mm -hmm. heritage and and background. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people tend to do that, even Mm. thinking about a lot of our parents, like a lot of people just want to assimilate, not, you know, ruffle anyone's feathers and just like work hard. But you were like i'm asian i'm gonna yeah. find my people i'm gonna move to la i'm gonna <laughs> pursue music like yeah. yeah yeah break break out of the mold you know what
2: i pay. i think i would say like i paid what's the word i would credit traveling around like the summer before i went to college i like traveled around southeast asia mm. and that even just being away like because i grew up i was born and raised in indonesia right like just being out of that environment and exploring new ones that are so adjacent to in to mine to mm-hmm. my own was just really really eye opening and helpful and i was just like Asia's fucking beautiful yeah <laughs> it's a fucking sick ass place like yeah. sick ass people and uh, yeah I, what I'm saying is like I just feel like traveling like if you if you're if you've never left like where you were born you know mm-hmm. what I mean like you've never mm-hmm. left the city you were born in like. I don't know go drive somewhere you know yeah. if you can't like <laughs> if you can't go get the fuck out, yeah. yeah like just just i feel like traveling just really just broadens your perspective yeah and i feel like you just become more um yeah it just it's like a very enriching experience mm-hmm. and you become more empathetic and you understand america or indonesia Ooh. Uh, Is this uh, fire on already? Oh, <laughs> no. Oh <my> <laughs> um, I, I don't... That's what Split's about, man. Oh, like, yeah. You know what I mean? 50-50. Um, yeah, I would say, Ameri- like, <sighs> L.A. because it's i just feel so creatively stimulated here There's so many others like me i don't feel like a weirdo because like we're all weirdos mm-hmm. and it's, yeah it's just very a very like creatively stimulating place and i just feel like i can be unapologetically a musician and a writer and myself yeah. uh indo because that was literally my first home and yeah. my family's there and it's just so different i can't even cho- that's the that's the whole thing right it's like the first year in LA, I would absolutely have said Indo. Mm. I'm like, I don't give, a sh- you know, I'm just here to work. Right. Yeah. But now I've I, like I bought a house. Like, I have a dog. I have a whole life here, and I've just attached myself and put down roots here. To where it's like I don't I don't know they're both home in yeah. different ways right yeah
1: so you've released a lot of songs in English and speaking of split you obviously you feel just as much you know uh, relatability to the U S as a home also Indonesia do you plan to release any songs in Indonesian
2: you know that I have gotten this question a lot I think definitely am open to it um, perhaps not right now but yeah I I definitely feel like Yeah, those are just waters that i haven't really like tread yet you know what i mean Mm. so yeah i think so one day probably is there a difference in
0: like the musicality or just the language and the words and
2: for sure i think it's like i when i write it's always in english and i think like for writing purposes english is just like my i call it my heart language Mm. where i just i feel more like I can get it out expressive. you know what I mean yeah, Ex- yeah. like it's it's I feel like I'm more expressive in English mm. um in Indonesian I can be expressive it's just like in a different way and also I don't know what do you are you guys are any of you bilingual mostly, mostly. Yeah,
0: yeah twice an easy yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so
2: basically like in Indonesian it's there's levels of formality, right? Mm. So it's like, I'm very expressive in like the informal sense of the language. Mm. When I talk to friends, to Mm. loved ones, I'm very like, you know what I mean? But right when it's music, usually people, most Indonesian songwriters take on like a slightly formal approach. Mm. So it's more poetic, it's deeper, it's more romantic. And that side of the language, I it's it's a little harder for me mm. um
0: maybe people want the version where it's just like, maybe the, just like yeah, yeah, yeah it's like the yeah. informal
2: shit informal stuff yeah yeah maybe maybe <laughs> I can be a pioneer pioneer for that i don't know <laughs> uh yeah definitely though someday
0: what is a piece of advice that maybe you've heard from someone else or picked up along the way in your career that you always go back to
2: what is meant for you won't pass you by Mm.
1: i like that one a lot I
2: like, one. I like that one i like that one that's i would say is my mantra mm-hmm. um i think there's a lot of there's an element of surrender to that and it's just like i you know whatever you believe in the universe god whatever i i just i believe surrendering sometimes is just it's it's just easier yeah like it sometimes it's it's hard to do it right but then like once you do it it's just like it's, you know, so much yeah. weight is lifted right. off and it's just you just trust the process or mm-hmm. trust God or trust the universe, whatever you want to call it. And then I think there's like you you just you are able to relax and believe like wherever you're supposed to be, you will get there somehow. Mm.
3: Is it just me or is my holiday gifting list getting longer? For my brother, my Ayes, to my friends, how do you find something personal everyone will like? After some research, I think body care and self-care essentials are the perfect choice. This year, I'm getting my friends and family Osea, the amazing cult favorite skincare line that you heard us talk about before. I'll be with my family this holiday season and I really wanna upgrade my mom's body care essentials. Our house is especially cold and we always have the heater running. I can see how it's affecting my mom's skin. This year, I wanna gift her Osea's new body butter. It has the same intoxicating scent as Andaria Algae Body Oil, which is my absolute favorite, by the way. But their body butter's rich texture transforms dry skin without getting greasy and leaving it soft, smooth, and healthy looking. This holiday season, stock up and share your new favorite clean skincare and body care with your friends and family. We even have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order with promo code ABG at OCEAMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. Gifting is always easier if you start early. So head to OCEAMalibu.com, use code ABG
1: abgs and abbs with all that's gone on this last year i'm wondering if any of you out there had changes in your health insurance maybe a new job switching off your parents plan uh, joined your spouse's plan etc and you might be looking for a new doctor if you appreciate ratings and reviews when it comes to making decisions about your service providers i'd recommend checking out zocdoc an app where you compare doctors by their ratings and read reviews from real patients it's a free app that you can download and it's the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment Here's how it works. You type in which type of doctor you're looking for, whether that's a primary care physician, a dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist. Add in your location, your insurance, and desired appointment date. ZocDoc then returns profiles of doctors that match your needs. Their doctor profiles are clutch and my favorite part of using ZocDoc. They're super detailed with a photo of the doctor, their bio, ratings which detail the average wait time, their bedside manner, and verified patient reviews. You can even book an appointment directly in the app. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com ABG and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot A-B-G. G
3: all right, so Nikki for this segment we want to do a fire on with you. So okay. we're gonna be asking you some questions and now I'll start you off. What is your
0: dream collab?
2: Uh
0: uh Keshi. Ooh, can you make that happen like tomorrow?
2: I think so. <laughs>
0: okay. What do you miss most about Indonesia?
2: Uh uh Pisang goreng Which is, it's like banana fried plantain, sweet plantain fritters.
1: Ooh, delicious. Mm -hmm. Favorite song you wrote?
2: Uh, uh. (laughs) Uh, It's not out, but the (gasps) ones that are out, I say Lala Lost you and split.
3: Mm. Nice.
2: Favorite lyric that you've written? Oh, uh, uh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. know. Um, always part of me missing, but no one sees a difference because I split them all. You really like your
0: last song. <laughs> <laughs> um, the proudest item that you've been able to grow in your garden?
2: <gasps> Ooh. My lacinato kale. Oh. It's, she is a towering girl. She's like, I'm thriving. I don't care. I get all the nitrogen. You bitches can. <laughs> you can just. I don't care what happens to you. She's like green and great. Thriving. Yes. Thriving.
1: Your top three current shows that you're watching.
2: Okay. Well, I finished Ted Lasso. I would say Ted Lasso. Oh, my God. It's so good. Uh, uh, Modern Family. I, I love Modern Family. Modern so. Family's is great. And recently, my boyfriend got me into Attack on Titan. But also, oh honestly, I can't even lie. I ended up liking it. So. <laughs> nice. Your current
3: song
0: on repeat?
2: All Too Well, the 10-minute version <laughs> by Taylor Swift. <laughs> yes.
0: How many tattoos do you have, and which one is your favorite?
2: I have six tattoos, three of which I regret. <laughs> and my favorite one, I think, is still this one, which is this one. Oh.
0: It's my Chinese name. What is this name? Is it long but no. No, it's Yu. Yu. Oh. Yeah, something like that,
2: but it means Jade.
0: Oh. oh. Can you show us one that you regret? I can give you a spot that she regrets. <laughs>
2: Okay, fine. Full disclosure, this is the one I regret because here's what happened. They told me... They they warned me though, so it's my fault. They were like, that is way too big because your skin is going to stretch over time and the tattoo's going to get bigger and it's going to be in a weird placement. And I was like, nah, just make it big. And so it started as like a little tiny thing and then now it's just stretched into this mess. So <laughs> listen to your tattoo artist if they... If they warn you, just just heed their warning. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Awesome. Gonna... Awesome. I think it's cute. I think it's, yeah. You guys are just being what? like no, supportive no, 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 and sweet. I've been seeing <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." If it wasn't cute, we'd be like, yeah. Mm.
0: <laughs> Is that from LA or California inspired?
2: yeah it's like both it's like it's like I live in LA but I'm it's like my split tattoo because it's we I had a coconut tree growing up in Indonesia Aww. in my backyard Aww. and so it's like it reminds me of home but also LA because they're both home Aww. so it's like a cute meaning okay now I love ex- that tattoo execution. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> how about the other one which
2: one this one is courage because um, my mom she passed away in 2019 mm. and her favorite Disney princess was Cinderella and the tagline for Cinderella is like have courage be kind Aww. and so that's what I got and I also got this this was uh, actually I should have said this was my favorite tattoo I forgot uh-huh. this existed but uh this is her middle name in my handwriting mm. oh beautiful what's her middle name Josephine Josephine
0: mm. oh, that's yeah. a beautiful name it's a great name that your baby name I don't know. I'm <laughs> trying to think of baby names so
2: wait wait wait! Can, can you tell uh, wait we can we can like stop recording if it's like I <laughs> no, it's okay As I've a, been trying she did not tell us she doesn't want to tell you guys we I have a we, we don't know yet secret have, but, yeah. but private <laughs> not secretive but private <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay okay <laughs> we have a
0: list of like 15 on each side so 15 oh wait you
2: you you don't know. We don't know the gender.
0: <gasps> name
2: it Moonchild. Moon oh, oh my God! God. No, <laughs> no. Wait. So you're keeping it a surprise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah.
0: Philip's hoping that he can identify the parts
2: because <laughs> he's like, what if they're
0: too small? Like you can't tell. Like, I'm sure you're be able to tell. But, what do yeah. you
2: care? What? I don't. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think we're just. We'd be happy if it's a boy or a girl. Mm. If how it's healthy. Are you, how are
2: you designing the nursery?
0: There's so there's like a lot of colors that are gender neutral, mm. like tans, greens, yeah, 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 sages, yeah. browns. Love, oh, I love so. sage. Love it. Yeah, that's Your how I would do jacket. my
2: nursery too. Okay? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so. sick. Mostly little baby woo. Yeah. <laughs> In <I'm>
0: twenty twenty one, <laughs> a little Sagittarius genderless baby for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nikki. What is next for you? I am
2: going on tour <gasps> wow uh tv on the dates but that's definitely like in the immediate future which is very exciting yeah just new music yeah just new music and that's all i will say i like to be i'm very i'm very well, secret private yeah movie. i was gonna say, I was gonna say <laughs> i'm very secretive and private mm. about my music so yeah mm. I, I, I like to be really tight-lipped about it where's the tour gonna be is it um, asia
0: yeah, international?
2: No, it's it's going to start in North America. Okay. And then it'll expand and pick up from there. Okay. Yeah. That would fun. Is Nashville one of the spots? I don't know yet. We'll see. Mm. If not, shit, I don't know. I, I, I should just put it on there just for fun. Even yeah. if it's like, it's like six people show up. Yeah. I don't know.
1: And where can our listeners find you?
2: You guys can find me on Spotify and Apple Music and honestly all the streaming platforms. I'm N-I-K-I Nikki. And on Instagram, I am N-I-K-I Nikki. Zafanya. why did I spell the easy part and then the hard part <laughs> that I like, said? The hard part is Z-E-F-A-N-Y-A, Nikki Zafanya on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
3: Awesome, well thank you so much, Nikki, for joining us on today's episode. It was so much fun.
2: Thank you guys so much, thanks for having me.
3: So everyone here, please check out Nikki and make sure you catch
0: her new song, Split, out now.
1: We do have a couple shout outs for this episode to her parents from V from
3: Sydney, Australia, mom and dad, thank you for keeping my tummy happy and from being there with me through sunny and rainy days. I heart you. That is so freaking sweet. To Kelly from Katrina from Mississauga, Ontario, thank you for inspiring me to pursue the creative and nurture parts of ourselves that gets pushed aside by work and school. Your friendship is invaluable. To Karen from Andrew from the Bay, I want to give a shout out to my partner, Karen, for being the ultimate Asian boss girl in my life. I love tuning into the podcast with you and appreciate being able to see you through the lens of all the different topics covered by Mel, Helen, and Janet. Love you.
0: If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree in our link in bio on our Instagram and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one.
3: And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye!